I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Money Matters Top Tips for Success, where each and every day I bring on new business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and have them share your top tips for success with you. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to uh, to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Jennifer Zamuda on the line, and she's the president over at Heart of Illinois United Way. Uh, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. Happy to be here. So I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Heart of Illinois United Way. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. So how did you get started in your career? Uh, sure. Happy to share. Uh, just as a full disclosure, I had no idea when I started my career I'd be here today. It's been a, a, a jagged little trail, but really fun along the way. Um, I studied French in college, French business and translation, and lived abroad uh, for a semester. And my very first job out of college, I thought I grew up in Chicago and thought I would work downtown in a big office building and got a call uh, for a town about three hours south of Chicago named Peoria, Illinois. And they wanted me to come interview. And I thought, hey, it's an interview. I'll take anything I can get. And um, this business happened to be an irrigation manufacturer. And their head office was in the south of France, right where I had lived. And they needed someone that spoke French and that could manage export and marketing for them. And it was a perfect job for me. Very interesting first start to the working world, traveling around Europe, dealing with municipalities. I was usually the only woman uh, in the area dealing with irrigation contractors, which was very interesting. (laughs) Um, And I really, you know, I learned a lot in terms of you can find something in common with most people if you really listen and really think about what their challenges are. And so that was a great um, experience for me. And after about four years there, I, I transitioned over to an advertising agency in Peoria, Illinois, called Converse Marketing, not the shoes, the name of a family. And I spent about nine years there and had incredible experiences along the way. And I, you know, I think the theme I've seen this whole way along my career is that I realize that I don't know a whole lot. I tend to make mistakes almost every day. I think the best thing that people can do is really learn from the experiences they have. And uh, I certainly learned a lot in, in both of those roles. Um, after being at the advertising agency, I had a variety of clients from you know animal fencing manufacturers to Italian restaurants to Caterpillar Inc., which happens to be located in Peoria. And so then um, that led me to go work at Caterpillar for several years. Um, I was a, in corporate communications. I managed their annual report and reputation campaign. And then in in 2008, during the downturn, they had some retirements and said to me, hey, you're going to go work over at the Caterpillar Foundation. And I really thought, how hard could this be? I can write checks. No problem. This will be easy. Uh, I was wrong again. Uh, It was one of the toughest jobs I've had to date, and but a great experience. When I jumped into that role, we did not have um, a, a ton of criteria around how we would invest. And because it was 2008, 2009, budgets were down. And so it really forced me to look at how we run this not-for-profit using business practices. Um, And in an ironic twist, I guess, I reached out to the Heart of Illinois United Way at that time and said, tell me about how you manage decision-making around philanthropy. And that guided a lot of my work at that time. 
Wow, what an amazing story! I love it. That's uh, <laughs> no, this is great, and I and because I, you always you know wonder how somebody gets exactly to where they're at, and you can see that there's you know pivots along the way. So like you mentioned, mm-hmm. you, you couldn't have went back and planned every single one of these pivots and known where you'd be at today um, as president. Um, that being said, there's some. You know, there's some people that are just getting out of college or a couple years out into their career that are maybe going through some of those initial pivots right now, um, kind of uncertain on what's next. What kind of advice would you give to them, obviously, now that you have the benefit of hindsight? Sure. And, you know, obviously hindsight is is great. It's so much easier to look back than it is to look forward. Um, but I do think one of the things I've realized over all of these experiences, even if you're in a job you don't love or you don't feel like that industry is a fit for you, take every single morsel you can out of those experiences because you just never know when that experience will come back to you. And even during my time at the irrigation company, I remember my my first boss said to me, I I used to come to him and say, I've got this problem. What do I do? And, And he would say, you know, what would be great is if you came to me and said, I've got this problem, here are a few different solutions. Help me make a good decision around it. And that really stuck with me because one, I, I didn't want to feel like I'd let my, my boss down. And um, I liked the idea of feeling like I was coming into someone with maybe not the perfect solution, but here are the, the pros and cons and the factors we need to consider. And, and that I took that with me uh, throughout my time. I think the other thing is, and I learned this in the advertising industry, you know, when you have clients that you have to work with, um, they're going to come to you and they're going to throw you curveballs all the time hey, I know we were working on a a trifold brochure. It's changing into an eight-minute video. The answer that you give to them is, sure, no problem. We'll take care of it. I'll need to look at the budget and the time frame, and I'm sure we can come back to you with something that's very reasonable. And I found that in other points in my career, when you say that to people, it helps them feel relaxed and and feel like, okay, no problem. She's going to take care of this. It doesn't mean that you aren't thinking in your head, gosh, how am I going to get this done? You know, that, <laughs> that analogy of the duck, and you know, you just see them floating along the water, but underneath the feet are going crazy. Um, and so I think I really tried to take something from every single experience, including leaders that I had. I had some great leaders. I had some challenging leaders. And now that I'm leading people, I really just try to treat them. I know this sounds kind of hokey and, and standard, but, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them with common sense and common courtesy. And I think most importantly, uncommon courage. We've got to be able to feel comfortable taking constructive criticism, understanding what people are looking for from us, and making changes. And I think none of us is perfect. Hopefully we spend every single day making mistakes and learning from them. And I think, you know, and when you do make a mistake with a sincere apology, it really does go a long way. That's awesome. Um, Jennifer, let's switch it up a bit. Let's get more into sure. what you're doing as president over at Heart of Illinois United Way. Uh, so first, tell me a little bit more about the about the mission, uh, any projects you care to you care to bring up. Sure. So at the Heart of Illinois United Way, I realized when I was at Caterpillar, we spent a lot of time working with the United Ways. It was one of our larger investments, and that was because of the data driven process that they use. And I think most people at one point in their career or another have probably had exposure to United Way wherever they are in the world. And I think most people think, oh, United Way, I get the form at work, I pick my charity, I fill it out, it's kind of an obligation. I think they probably do some good in our community. And that's about it. Um, I've been in this role now about a year, and what we've been doing is really trying to educate people around the value we add to their philanthropic dollar. In this day and age, there is not enough money. There are not enough um, charities to do all the work. There just isn't enough to go around. And I think that people today expect more 
from their their philanthropic dollar. And so we're encouraging people, you know, if you care about a cause, whether it's your church, animals, health and human care services, whatever it is, you should care about something, and that's great. We've all been touched in one way or another by, by some issue in the world. So you should invest in your communities. It's an important thing to do. But you also need to make sure you're doing it the right way. And so the way that we talk about the value we add, it's like investing in the stock market. If you don't know the ups and downs and which stocks to buy and when to sell them and when to buy them, you call an expert and you say, here's my money. You know, I'm looking for, you know, conservative path, an aggressive path, somewhere in the middle. You know better than I do when to buy, when to sell, and all those, you know, minute details. We do the exact same thing for your charitable dollars. Most people don't have access to the financials, and, and most people don't have the ability to look under the hood at these programs to really make sure they're serving the right amount of people, they have the right outcomes. Outcomes are changes in knowledge or changes in behavior. It's important that they're just not saying we served 100 people, check the box, but that you're serving them and you can measure the change that's happening. And then we look at all kinds of other details, financial health, um, participation in the community, and how that program is running efficiently and effectively. That helps us determine the philanthropic return on investment back to our community. Um, and that's the kind of thing the average citizen just does not have the, the access to day to day. And we tell folks, you know, this way you can give in your community. You don't have to say yes or no to 50 or 100 different organizations and feel bad about that. You can say I gave at United Way and know that your dollar is well invested in the most critical needs in your community. That's awesome. Um, care to talk about any other like trends that you're noticing in, in the nonprofit world? I mean, because you have a you have a completely different vantage point, having worked for um, you know, having led or leading a large um, sector of an organization right now. And there's some other you know nonprofits listening that are, and you have a completely different vantage point. Any kind of trends you care to mm -hmm. talk about? Uh, sure. Well, I think, you know, there are a couple things. One is, as someone who was a funder before and is a funder today, we used to have a lot of charities come to us and say, oh, we do great work. You should fund us. And mm -hmm. to be honest, you know, that's the last 4,000 people before you said. Um, you've got to find a way <laughs> to differentiate yourself and to make sure that your donors understand the value they're getting out of investing with you. And that doesn't have to be a direct dollar value back in their pocket. But when they can invest in their community and know that the investment is being used in the most efficient, effective ways, our communities are healthy, our economies are healthy. And when your local economy is healthy, we all can look at our own pocket and know that the taxes we're paying, the dollars we're investing in our community are being used in the best way possible. And you need that business case, whether you're coming into a business as a business, whether you're coming in as a not-for-profit, have a strong business case and know the value that you bring. And I think it's a combination of emotional storytelling and data-driven facts that really help bring that all together. So that's one side of it. I think the trends that I'm seeing are more transparency and collaboration too. Um, you know, none of us can do this alone. Uh, you know, we see our role as United Way as a community collaborator. We're able to kind of look and see things that are going on trend-wise. We can bring organizations together. Um, this collaboration doesn't always mean mergers either. I know people always get nervous. They think jobs are going away. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how do we address the consumer's need in our community, that one person that needs one thing from us when they show up and they need resume help. They probably have four or five other needs. Uh, we have a two-on-one information and referral line in our community that we fund, and we find that the people that call rarely have one need. They usually need four or five different things. So how can we collaborative, collaboratively work as a community to make sure that our customers, 
the people that are in need are really getting what they need. And I think that shows our value to our community as well. That's awesome. So, Jennifer, if somebody's listening to this and they want more information on Heart of Illinois United Way, um, what's the best way for them to reach out? Sure. Well, we have a variety of ways. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we have a website. So you can find us on hoiunitedway.org is the website. On Instagram, it's hoiunitedway. And on Facebook, it's Heart of Illinois United Way. That's awesome. Well, hey, Jennifer, really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing more about your background and tips and also all the great work you're doing at Heart of Illinois United Way. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Jennifer, thanks again for coming on the show. Thank you.